Back and better than ever, it is the Grace 412 podcast with a new semester. We are so excited to be coming back uh, onto your podcast platform of choice. Um, We're going to be launching into new seasons and new series. We've got junior hires that have moved up. We've got seniors that have moved on to the college and 20-somethings class. And as far as this podcast goes, whether you are a student, whether you're a parent or a graduate, or whether you're somebody not even affiliated with our church that just wants to be encouraged and equipped equipped and strengthened, we hope to be able to uh, resource you with conversation starters. We hope to be able to use this to lay the foundation, um, but for you to be able to continue the conversation. And so we're going to be diving into a lot of different Bible studies, a lot of different series that will hopefully be practical, but first and foremost, that will hopefully help us to engage uh, in who God is and who he's calling us to be. And so some of you guys that have uh, been listeners or been a part of Grace 412 for a while, or maybe some of you who are new to the group are saying right now, okay, I'm in, count me in, sign me up. Uh, But over the next couple weeks, what we're going to do is really talk about what it actually is that we're signing up for. Uh, When we say that we're Christians, when we say that we're followers of Jesus, we want to look at the book of Ephesians, um, not verse by verse, but kind of in its totality. And look at what it means to be in the family of God, to be in the fight for our faith. And so if you look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19, you see where uh, the entire culmination of this idea comes to uh, a full head here where he says, Ephesians 3 verse 19, Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but your fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. We're going to look at what it means to be in the family of God. Paul's writing to the church at at Ephesus here, and this is kind of a culminating work of all that he has uh, done, of all that God has shown him. He's talked about the mystery of God, the body of Christ, the, the, what we call now the church. And he says about halfway through this letter, I want you to know that you can be a part of God's family. And for all of us uh, listening and studying tonight, I want to just say this semester, we're going to discuss a lot of things. But most important of all the things we're going to discuss has to be settled and addressed first. And that is the question, do you know that you're a part of the family of God? To say, I am in the family of God. What what does that mean? You might say like, well, we're all children of God, right? Well, well, I want to just be clear and say, actually, that's not technically actually true. See, we're all created by God. We're all made in the image of God. But if you study out uh, the creation story and even the fall of man and, and even 1 Corinthians 15 and 16, you'll see that sin distorts that image. You'll see that sin has broken the world. And we're going to talk about that a little bit further, but I guess more clearly phrased the question, do you know if you're in the family of God? The, the question more clearly phrased would be, have you believed the gospel? Because that's the how. The, the gospel is the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. We'll pick up in the middle of uh, Ephesians. Paul says in verse 8 of chapter 2, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. This is the gospel we've been called to believe, that we were created in the image of God, that we sinned, and that we could not pay the price for our sins. So God came in the form of his son, Jesus. He died on a cross. He was punished for our sin. And then he rose from the grave three days later to conquer death and hell in the grave, to give us resurrection, to give us new life. He ascended into heaven where he now is. 
And if I put my faith in Jesus, I am accepting his sacrifice on my behalf, and I can be welcomed in as a part of God's family. I am given Jesus' inheritance, Jesus' future reward, because Jesus took my eternal punishment. This is the ultimate exchange. This is the gospel, which simply means good news. And so some of you might say, like, I've heard this a million times, and Mark, you've you've read Ephesians chapter 2 and 3 several times, even over the last year. This is not new information. And I would just say, before you turn this off, uh, I would say two things to you. Number one, there might be somebody listening who hasn't understood or believed the gospel. And so for those of you who have heard and have believed, don't you think it's worth sharing this truth with those that might not have heard, understood, or believed? And the second part of this is, is I would, would, would push back and ask you, is there something boring or old or stale about God redeeming and restoring his creation back to himself? Because if that's the case, I think that says something about the posture of our hearts, and it says something more than it does about the truth that we're discussing. And so with all that, the next few minutes, I want to just unpack what it means uh, to say we are in the family of God, and and specifically what this gospel or good news is. Now, it wouldn't be good news without some bad news, so we have to cover the bad news first. The bad news is we are sinners in need of a Savior, and this is what Ephesians chapter 2 starts out talking about. This is why Jesus came. We were created in the image of God. We, we were created with value. We were created with purpose, and we still, even as broken mankind, we still exist uh, in the image of God with some value or purpose, but sin has distorted that. We aren't naturally children of God. Look what he says, chapter 2 and verse 1, he says, and you has he quickened together who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. He says, this is who we are now. Children of disobedience, we're broken, we're flawed, and we're part of a broken and flawed world. He says, among whom also we all had our conversations in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh and the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath, even as the others. He says, "We we were broken, we were lost in our sin. Nobody had to be taught how to sin. We're born into a broken world with a broken and sinful nature. But for those of us that have been saved and have believed the gospel, let me just make this uh, a really important clarification for us. Though we've been redeemed, though we've been restored, it's important for us to recognize the sinful nature will always wage war on what God created. I don't say this to discourage you or to frighten you, but I say this to remind us all we are in a battle. We're going to talk next week about what it looks like to be in the fight, to have the armor of God, to, to, to serve the spirit over serving the flesh. But let me just encourage all of us not to be passive, but to be intentional. Let me encourage all of us with the good news. The bad news is we are sinners in need of Savior, that this world is broken. The sinful nature is always trying to break what God has created and wage war on what God has made good. But the good news is this, Jesus took our place and our punishment. Jesus did what we could never do, and that is good news. That is the gospel. Jesus took our place in our punishment. Look what it says, chapter 2 of Ephesians, verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, 
even when we were dead in sins, has he quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And he's raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places together in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, verse nine, not of works, lest anyone should boast. What happened on the cross Jesus took our punishment and he gave us his inheritance. He says, you were children of of wrath. You were a part of Adam's family. 1 Corinthians 15, Adam was the first man. We inherited Adam's nature. We were a part of his family, mankind. But he says, when you put your faith in Jesus, you are, are quickened. You are united together with Christ. This, this is such a, a helpful uh, point to add in here. And actually in, in that passage where it says, you has he quickened together, that was added in um, because there, there wasn't really verbiage in the Greek or Hebrew to explain that clearly. And so the original text actually just says you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And the part about quickening isn't until a little bit later on. And, and old me would have loved to have just harped on that. Like, yeah, you were dead in your sins. You were worthless. You didn't have any value. And there was part of me that would have loved that because because there is that that part of me that is so tired of seeing um, Christianity that makes our faith all about us. There's a, a part of of gospel sharing that that has this group that says, "Oh, you were so valuable. You were so worthy. God was so hopeless and helpless, pining in heaven without you. He would die for you." And we have this very man-centered way of looking at the gospel, and then we live our lives in such a man-centered way after we believe the gospel, and it's totally backwards. When the reality is we were dead in our sins, we had no hope, we had nothing to offer. But God, verse 4 and 5, is who is rich in mercy, he, he loved us, he redeemed us, he restored us. And so the, the danger is actually the opposite theology as well. It's, it's to continue to look at ourselves in terms of our sin and our brokenness. A danger after having believed the gospel is that we could still see ourselves as broken, worthless sinners with nothing to offer and no purpose at all and no redeeming quality. But it's such an encouragement to read verse 10, following the, the, the gospel and following these truths and to read verse 10 and see, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. He says, you were saved for a purpose. You were made for a purpose. And then you were remade for a purpose. You were restored you have been made new. You have been recreated. God had a plan for you since before the world began. And so do we have nothing to offer? Sure. Do we have a sinful flesh that wars against the spirit? Sure. Are we nothing outside of Christ? Sure. But for those that have been saved, could I just encourage all of us with the good news and the truth? God has already redeemed what sin destroyed. You still struggle with sin. I'm sure you do. I do too. But we don't have to stay there in that place of defeat and loss and guilt and shame. Verse 8 and 9 give us such good context where he says, You have not uh, saved or secured yourself by your good works. 
He says, it is salvation is a gift of God, not of works, so that you don't have a, a reason to boast. He says, even your good works are the grace of God and him working through you. It's this idea that God did in us at salvation what we could not do, and now he continues to do in us what we cannot do as he shapes us back into the image of himself. And you see that all throughout the New Testament. And so tonight, the calibrating question as we think about the gospel is this. If you have not believed the gospel, why not believe this good news? And question number two is this. If you have believed the gospel, if you have put your faith in Jesus, why not share this good news? Like if we truly believed that this was true, Shouldn't it change the way that we live our lives? See, at the beginning, uh, I mentioned that it might be tempting for us to tune out and go, oh, I've heard this all before. Good. I'm glad you've heard this all before. Oh, I believed years ago. I've been saved for years. I was baptized at a young age. I still go to church. Good. But how has the gospel shaped and changed the way you live? Because we're going to keep talking about this until it resonates enough in our hearts and our minds to make a difference. Some people listening may need to believe the gospel tonight, that they have been saved by grace through faith and not of themselves. It is a gift of God, not of works. Some might need to commit to sharing the gospel more. Others may need to to truly decide by God's grace that they're going to put off some sins and live in light of the freedom they have in Christ tonight. But many of us, we need to rest in the gospel tonight. See, many of us have felt the weight of our brokenness and the weight of this world and the weight of our sin. And if I said, do you know you're a part of the family of God? You might say yes. But if I say, do you feel like you're part of the family of God? You might say, I don't know. Do you feel like God's child? You might say, I don't really know what that means to feel like that. So a bonus question tonight do you know the love that God has for you? Many of us take our cues of God's family from what our own family was like. Many of us take uh, our cues uh, of God as a father from what we can uh, create in our own mind or what we can intellectualize or articulate. And I just want to tell you all tonight myself included, God is a loving and heavenly father. And that's not something I've theorized or something I hope to be true. That's something that God's word is abundantly and plainly and crystal clear about. God is a loving and heavenly father. And this is why it's so beautiful that Paul finishes out this lengthy thought in chapters two and three. And then he gets to the end of chapter three and he says, I want to pray for you guys. He says, for this reason, verse 14, I, I bow my knees to the Father. He says, of whom the whole family, chapter 3, of, in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ would dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and that you know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. 
And he goes on to say, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. This is the point. Paul says, I want you to, to, to wrestle with the reality of the gospel, and I want that to shape the way you think. He says, I want you to now be filled with the fullness of God. We won't dive in for time's sake to what that means for us to have the spirit of God, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be the image of God. But he says, what's going to transform it? What's going to change it? What's going to set it off in our minds, in our hearts, and then in our lives is when we know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. He says that, that, that you are going to see him do greater things than you could ever imagine. He is able to love us beyond what we deserve because it's according to his riches and mercy. He is able to use us beyond what we're capable because it's according to his power and might. And he is able to bless us beyond what we can imagine because it's for his glory and for his purpose. So let's trust him. If you've never put your faith in him, believe the gospel and put your faith in him. And then for those of us that have, let's continue trusting him. Let's walk in the spirit. Let's live for him. And let's watch him do what only he can do in our lives as individuals. And then as we come together as a community of body believers, as we say, okay, I'm in first of all in the family and next week, what it looks like to be in the fight for the faith. Hope you guys tune in next week. Can't wait to see you on Wednesdays at 6.45 or on Thursday mornings when these episodes drop. We'll talk to you then.